This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction Series. Joining you after Arsenal have beaten PSV comfortably in what was just a single one goal win to take top spot in the group that little bit further, meaning that just a point in their game in Eindhoven next week will see them qualify for the round of 16 of the Europa League and skip that very annoying round of 32 in which a team will have to play a Champions League dropout. We're going to talk all about the game and more with the help of you guys joining us live this morning. Speaking of which, good morning to everybody joining us. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. I had someone leave a comment. Actually, I've had a couple of people leave comments recently saying, what's the difference between good and well? Well, for those that are wondering or care, and for those that don't, maybe cover your ears for a second. Good, just talking about how you are in terms of, you know, your mental health and stuff like that. You're feeling good. Are you perky? Are you happy? All that stuff. Well, it's your health. You know, are you feeling well? Are you feeling good? I've just used the word good when describing well. I can see why people had that issue. I hope that makes sense, though. Good, mood, well, health. Simple as that. There you go. Sorted. Done. Good morning, Bruce. Uh, good morning to James, to Kaiser, to Matt G. Good morning to Balaji and Olu and James and Anthony. Good morning to PJ and Stevie and Gunnarate David. Uh, good morning to Jonathan. Uh, I did indeed manage to find Gakpo after the game. Uh, Gunnarate, David, good morning. I think I've said that already. Uh, Jose, Steve, Paul, Afsar, Louis, uh, good morning. Louis is one of our brand new members in the chat box as well, so welcome to the TGT family. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, let's kick on with our first main part, which is always is to go and tell you to check out the latest football prize. Um, what you can do is you can go over to the football prizes website which the link to is in the description there is a Sol Campbell and Colo Torre signed and custom framed Arsenal montage available but also you can get your hands on a potential William Saliba signed Arsenal photo montage as well as a potential 
instant win prize of a signed Tony Adams Arsenal signed and framed shirt. So get involved. Link in the description. I think only 51 tickets so far have been sold, which means you've got a great chance of winning in this raffle. Uh, drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. But without further ado, let's go on to the first story. Uh, eighth win in a row for the boys after beating PSV, which means Arsenal go clear, not just in the Europa League, but of course, We've now gone clear in the Premier League at the top of the table as well. Fantastic to see such a great start and a reaction, of course, to that Manchester United defeat. I think that we can all agree that one of the biggest problems we had last season was specifically kind of the issues of when we lost a game, we then lost a game and we then sometimes even lost another game. Uh, and that needed to stop. You know, we needed to make sure that we didn't have that happening every single time that we played because... You can't allow these things to snowball. You can't allow these things to just uh, continue to get worse and worse. You need a response. You need a reaction. And it's fair to say that despite us playing better than Man United in that game that we lost, every game since, all eight games since that, we have shown a reaction. And in some, we've had to dig in, like the Leeds game, like the Aboda Glimpse game away from home. We've had to dig in and try and steal away three points. And we've managed to do that. And in some games, we've been brilliantly dominant the second half against Liverpool, the entire game against Spurs, the game yesterday evening. We've shown what we're good at. We've shown what our quality is. We're showing, as T. Minnick in the chat says, our mentality is different this season. And because of all of those things, it shows the difference between last season and this. And who knows what could happen last season? I'm looking forward to seeing what the season brings because it's an exciting place to be at Arsenal right now. Granite Xhaka scores yet again, third goal uh, of the season so far. That's six goal contributions across the entire campaign in all competitions. And it was a right-footed finish from a cross, first-time effort, brilliant finish from him. Uh, it was one of those where me and Kai all, all kind of game were discussing whether or not we had the attacking verve down the right-hand side in Tommy Asu. Defensively, he was solid, and we'll talk a bit about that in a second. But actually, the cross for Xhaka shows that, yes, he can find those passes, can find the players in the right spaces, and he did. And Xhaka, on his right foot, getting another goal. I spoke to Xhaka after the game. The interview will be up around midday, uh, UK time over on London. some of the words from that uh, conversation. So I can't speak to you about that yet, but we had to speak about it uh, a little bit later and, of course, tomorrow as well. But just seeing him score another goal um, is fantastic. As James says in the chat, he's our unofficial Arsenal captain. He did take the captain's armband for the game until Martin Odegaard came off the bench, in which he obviously was given the armband. But there's no doubt in my mind that the players, the coach, the coaching staff, and even I think the fans now, the majority of them at least, see Granit Xhaka, even though he's not wearing the armband, as Arsenal's captain. Um, and it's I think it's absolutely Fantastic to see his career go through this renaissance and, and refine its spark. Uh, Xhaka Boom. We've got some Xhaka Boom emojis for our members to use in the chat box. You've never had a season where you don't like, where you've never been needed more encouragement to use them. So let's get some Xhaka Booms going in the chat box, people. Um, I thought Fabio Vieira was frustratingly quiet. I don't want to really focus on loads of negatives because there aren't loads, although I thought we could have been more clinical and. And certainly Gabriel Jesus had a couple of chances in the first and second half to score. Eddie Nketiah as well, Saka as well, all had chances to score. But for me, this is this is the type of game that Fabio Vieira, for me, has a real great chance to kind of stamp his own authority on it. I want him to be more confident. I want him to get involved with the play more. I want him to do a little bit more of what Erdegaard does. Now, I know he's not Erdegaard, right? He's not him. 
but he needs to be a bit more confident. He needs to be a little more direct in the way in which he tries to approach the ball. For me, he's playing a little bit too reactive at the moment. What I mean by that, he's kind of playing off of the performance rather playing within the performance. He had a few really good kind of um, crosses into the box that nearly found their tie. There's a great pass, I think it was to Saka, that he found in the box in the first half. But beyond that, he, he just didn't quite have that verve that he had in the game when we played against Buda Glimt at home. And he wasn't quite as good as he was in the game uh, against Brentford away from home as well. Is that to do with potentially Sambi Lukonga being behind him? I'm not sure. But I just think for me, I want to see a little bit more of Vieira. And as Dave points out, he also needs some more regular game time. And that's always important. Like I don't want to go into the criticising Vieira and stuff like this. But I think it's an important point to say that I want him to be more confident. I want him to be a little bit more, you know, uh, direct as well. And he was trying to be, but just I need these games in particular for him to really show what he's capable of. But I think Dave raises a fair point that maybe... If it was playing, if he was playing week in week out, we might see it. But is he going to get that chance? It's, it's difficult to know with that, especially an injury potentially to Erdegaard. Uh Cody Gakpo uh, and PSV were very, very quiet. Um, I was surprised. I'll be very honest with how quiet they were. I was really surprised with how Rude Van Nistelrooy approached the game. It was very clear to me that I think they knew that if they could get a draw at the Emirates, they know if they win their game against Arsenal, all they'd have to do is win at Buda Glimt and they'd win the group. And I think they kind of approached the game in that way. Uh, I think they approached it in a sense that if they, that they knew that if they could hold on, potentially nick a goal maybe, or even just hold us to a nil-nil draw, that it was a much more beneficial result. Because in Eindhoven, it's going to be a very, very different situation. Um, I don't like Cody Gakpo getting criticism in the sense that, oh, look, he's overhyped. Oh, look, he didn't do anything. Because I think that if Gakpo was playing in this Arsenal team last night, I have no doubt that he probably would have potentially got on the score sheet. He was feeding off a lot of nothing. What I will say, though, is Takahiro Tomiyasu and Rob Holding did really well on Arsenal's right-hand side to quieten them down. Now, I actually managed to catch up with Cody Gakpo after the game and spoke to him before he got on the team bus and actually ask him around, and the article's up on Football London right now, ask him about kind of his debut if you like, at the Emirates and what it was like playing against English opposition. So if you want to go and uh, check out that conversation, the link to my article with my chat with Cody is... Uh, <laughs> Cody, like I'm on first name basis. Uh, <laughs> my chat with Cody Gakpo is down below in the link in the description. So check it out. Really nice guy, though. Very open and uh, happy to talk. Wasn't kind of a struggle to grab him for a chat. Was, was more than happy to speak after the game. Um, Arsenal clear at the top of the table. Really good kind of position now to be in. 12 points compared to PF, PSV's seven. What's interesting, actually, is that I know uh, PSV drew with Buda Glimt. So what this means is that if Buda Glimt managed to beat uh, Zurich... Did they play Zurich one more time? Yeah, they do. So they play Zurich in the next game. If they were to beat... Uh, if they were to beat Zurich and then we were to beat PSV again, leaving them both on seven points, if Buda Glimt get a result in Bodo, which you wouldn't especially think is beyond all realms of possibility, they they would actually go through, especially if they get a better result than uh, than Buda Glimt. The issue that they have is goal difference. They would need to beat, I think, PSV in the last game because PSV's goal difference from their games against Zurich is just too good. It's, it's better than ours, you know. Uh, they've scored a lot of goals against Zurich. They have played Zurich twice, to be fair, and Bodo still need to play Zurich as well. But 
Um, there's a great chance, I think, for Bodo still to go through if Arsenal can do them a favour and beat PSV next week, which is a big ask because, you know, I think we're going to change our team significantly because we've got games that are really important in the Premier League and we don't want to have unnecessary injuries. But I think they would like to wrap up top spot and know that they can go into that last game against FC Zurich and potentially use some youngsters in a uh, a bit of a dead rubber. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to go to, I'm sure, if it does indeed mean absolutely nothing by the end. Um Mikel Arteta spoke uh, after the game in his post-match press conference. You can read all of that uh, from Kai Karnak's perspective over on Football.London, so make sure you do that. One of the interesting things to point out, he was asked about Bakaya Saka's fitness. Uh, he said, yeah, he got a kick, he was limping, um, but I hopefully he will be fine. He was also asked, interestingly, about why he decided to play in Ketty on the left and Jesus through the middle. I really liked his short and snappy answer, changing one thing instead of two. Very simple. For me, you know, I was looking at potentially playing uh, Jesus on a wide position uh, and Eddie through the middle. But actually, I quite like his simplistic answer. Uh, it really, really worked. Uh, and I think it's certainly something that we can, um, that we can, yeah, improve. I think that Jesus hasn't necessarily played too much on the on the wide areas for us. Nketiah hasn't played in the sense of Nketiah is the change coming into the team for Jesus at striker. That would be one change. Switched into the left instead, you know, you're just making that one change. Whereas Jesus staying in the middle, you're just bringing him in. So if you're making two changes, you're changing the striker and you're changing Jesus' position, hence the two changes. Um, so yeah, that was all of it. If you want to say you want to go read it, go over to FL and you can find it all there. Thank you so much for tuning in for part one. We're going to be taking your points, your theories, your queries and questions in part two uh, right after this. Hey guys, as the support for the channel grows, so does the opportunities that come forward to support it. And I'm very happy to share that our new partnership with NordVPN is one that I feel is going to be very beneficial to you as well as it is to the channel. I used NordVPN actually whilst I was away with my other half on our honeymoon. And you, whilst back at home, are enjoying the honeymoon series. Now, I thought I'd timed that holiday perfectly to avoid any missed opportunities to watch Arsenal. That didn't happen because unfortunately Arsenal played Brentford. Now, my usual broadcasting app didn't work whilst I was out and so what did I do? I used NordVPN, changed my geolocation, get over to the UK. Despite sitting and sipping a nice cocktail, I was able to enjoy the Arsenal game without any worries of security. And you can do that too with NordVPN who have very kindly sponsored the channel for the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited to share this deal with you because you can now surf the net and know that you're secure and safe with what you're doing. You can get all the latest details and information in the description, but you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash guna to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months free. It's completely risk-free too, because if you don't like it, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Who can say any fairer than that? Thank you for listening and make sure you get involved with our latest sponsor. Okay, then let's uh, jump into the chat box and get some of your thoughts and theories and queries and questions going. Olu says, hey, Tom, Messi played 60 games in 11-12 and has uh, stopped stopped 50 games or rather topped 50 games in other years. I don't know why I struggle with that sentence so much. <laughs> Vinicius Jr. topped 50 games last year and 49 two years ago. Arteta is right about Saka's mind. Yeah, there was a really good question, actually, about the amount of games that Saka plays. 
he was asked on whether his playing time is sustainable. He says, look at the top players in the world. They play 70 matches every three days and make the difference and win the game. If you want to be at the top, you have to be able to do that. And if we start to put something different in mind of our young players, I think we are making a huge mistake because it's one yes and one no. Now I don't want now I don't play now in AstroTurf and I don't play. I don't want that. I want them to be ruthless in every three days. They're going to be knocking on my door. I want to play. I want to win the game. There is not a fitness coach in the world that's going to tell me that they cannot do it because I've seen 72 games and score 50 goals from some players. The players that score 50 goals can't play 38 games in a season. It's impossible. It's an interesting answer. It's very convoluted. Um, it didn't make a lot of coherent sense uh, when I heard it at first, but kind of assessing it, reading it back and filling in the gaps. It's clear that obviously we need players to be able to play this amount of games. We see the top players in the world playing this amount of football. Uh, and ultimately, they're going to have to be asked to do that. Not only that, they're going to have to be asked to play for England uh, in the case of Saka. So all of that um, together means that, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of the job, unfortunately. So it doesn't matter what we might think of it. Uh, it's, it's not going to change for them anytime soon uh let's go to connor who says are sambi's performance is starting to worry you he seemingly doesn't give us much offensively or defensively um are they starting to worry me i think that as i've said before if we sign somebody in january alone would be really beneficial the problem for lakonga is i just don't think he's got enough game time consistently i just don't think he's getting enough options enough time to play with the better players around him in the arsenal first team uh, he had a really good game against Aston Villa when we won and he started. He didn't have the best of games against Man United because he made mistakes. But beside the mistakes, I thought he was still quite good. Um, he just needs regularity in his in his career and he hasn't got that at Arsenal. I disagreed with what he said in his interview where he said he'd rather have 20 minutes playing for Arsenal than starting week in, week out somewhere else. I don't agree with that. I think it'd be more beneficial for him to be on loan somewhere else playing week in, week out. I think that certainly would be the best. But as I've said before on the channel, all I've heard from people close to him is that he wants to play at Arsenal. He's determined to make it at Arsenal. Uh, so let's see if if another Maitland-Niles scenario or Reese Nelson scenario emerges where they, you know, kind of refuse to go out. Not Maitland-Niles, certainly Reese Nelson refusing to go out alone thinking they can make it here. But I think alone would actually be very beneficial for him. Uh, Matt G says, if you could sign one player from PSV in January, who would it be? Gakpo, Sangara or Simmons? Do you know, I was really impressed by Simmons, Xavi Simmons. Uh, I think he was their brightest player on the pitch that evening. I really did. I liked what I saw from him. Gakpo, based on last night, you know, you wouldn't sign him. Based upon this season, you certainly would. And he would be my pick of the three. I wasn't impressed by Sangara at all. I thought he struggled. I thought he was nervous. I thought that he was kind of beaten very easily. His presence really wasn't felt in the midfield. That's not to say that he's a very good player. He is. It might have just been an off game for him. But based on yesterday's game alone, I wasn't impressed by him. Um, Xavi Simmons certainly impressed the most. But Gakpo, I still think, is the one that I would sign out of all of them. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, Messi played 60 games. Oh, we've done that one. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those classics where I'll scroll up and scroll down. Uh, Drew says, how much do you think should Sambi improve? I feel, he's get, I feel he's being a bit too safe and gave away the ball quite a few too many times. I think that he needs to improve in the sense of his confidence. I think he needs to improve his off-the-ball work. All of those things, I think, are really important for him. Um, but whether or not he can actually manage to do that is going to be 
another thing. I don't know why the internet suddenly dropped down. Uh, sorry if I'm a little bit fuzzy on your screen. Um, it shouldn't have done, but for some reason, I can see that it's it's dropped. Hopefully, it returns back to normal in a second. Uh, Aya says, uh, and thank you for the donation, by the way. I much appreciated. I hope Edu and Mikel don't follow the approach the fans take for a DM and just look at a big, imposing player like Sangara. We need a forward-thinking DM with a great passing abilities, vision, and ball control. Now, I think the physical structure of a player is sometimes a little bit secondary. I'm not potentially always sold on the physicality or the height or the width of a player. You know, I'm more concerned about the quality and the style that they play in. Thomas Partey is a very physically imposing player, and so therefore he has that benefit to him. But it's his technical skill, his technical ability, the way he progresses the ball, his touch, his dribbling, his ball confidence, all of that stuff that really makes him stand out. His vision to kind of be progressive and to take the ball out from the back after recovering uh, possession is really key too. We need to make sure that we sign somebody that can take the ball away, overturn possession, and then use it really productively, not just have a sweeper that just blocks things and then passes it sideways. We don't need that. That's kind of an Elneny backup type option when you you need that type of player to be a backup. We need someone who's going to compete with Partey and bring all of the positive attributes that Partey can bring. Uh, Tamanero says, uh, Tom, do you think Nketiah puts himself under too much pressure? Easily could have got a hat-trick of other assists or goals if he had taken a set to think things through. It's a good point. You know, I potentially think that, yeah, there is a lot of pressure on him and that is affecting him and he's probably expecting a lot more of himself than he should. He just needs to chill. He just needs to take these chances when they come. He needs to be looking up, not be running with his head looking at the floor, which I feel he can do sometimes. There's a player there. There really is. Um, I also think that if he was playing regularly, you know, you'd see more from him like we did at the end of last season. But it is very difficult to give him those chances when you know you've got Gabriel Jesus ahead of him. Um, Amira says, Thomas Partey needed more than one, uh, one season to learn his number six role, but fans were patient with him because of his time at Atletico Madrid. Sambi's 23, primarily a number eight, and doing fine filling in for El Elneny. Is he overhated? So good terminology and turn of phrase is he overhated i don't think he's getting a hate i think he's getting criticism i think that there is an element of if you don't impress straight away you're on the back foot immediately and i don't think necessarily he was given the the fair credit for what he did in his first season at arsenal as i say i thought up until the point he was dropped at man united last season he was our best midfielder better than Partey, better than xhaka and then of course when he was dropped for xhaka and Partey, suddenly those two played a lot more consistently. And at the end of the season, of course, when Partey was out, Elneny came into things instead. So he was dropped and wasn't given the opportunity to, to show what he had showed in that early season form. Is he overhated? I'm not sure he's overhated. I just think there's people that expect more from him and potentially fairly so, to be fair. Uh, that little brat boy says, uh, good morning, Tom. If we, could get, uh, if we could get one player in January, who do you think it would be? I think it would be something on the lines of Mikalo Mudrik. I do think that we need a forward. It's really key for me that if we lose Saka, lose Jesus or lose Martinelli, uh, that we need a player that's going to come in for those. I think we really do lack that quality behind them. Nelson, Marquinhos and Ketia. I do think that we need someone that's just kind of above their level and much closer to the starting trio that we've got. And I think that kind of shows when we rotate as well. Uh, let's go to Paul who says, looking at Gakpo and Saka at the Emirates last night, the difference in quality was start. Saka makes things happen that few others can. Could Gakpo? I think the Gakpo is a lot more direct, you know, than Saka in terms of his goal scoring. I think he's the more of the wide forward than winger, uh, whereas Saka is certainly to me more of a winger than a wide forward like Gakpo is. Uh, that 
it's difficult to then make that comparison about what they do because actually if they're playing together in the same team perhaps you'd find more of a balance especially with kind of a creative forward like Jesus can be it might be a nice dynamic to see Gakpo Jesus and Saka as a front three that said I love what Martinelli does and I think that he's been fantastic so whoever is signed be it Gakpo or someone else they've got a massive massive task to try and get into the Arsenal team which in itself is a bit of an obstacle regarding convincing a player to join the club in January. Uh, Marcus says, has Tommy got any empty pockets? He's got Salah in one and Gakpo in another. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Um, Ashwin says, uh, Tom, what do you think of the links to Evan and Dika? Uh, yes, we've been linked to the uh, left-sided centre-back currently playing in Germany. I think as a free transfer, it'd be very smart. A really good bit of business for Arsenal to do if they can get it done. I think that the likes of Manuel Akanji who's gone to Man City has shown that you can get quality that maybe there's some doubts about, especially at centre-back in Germany. I think Evan and Dika would be a very smart bit of business for Arsenal to do uh, if they were able to get him on a free. Uh, Ronald says, about future game tactics, would Xhaka be able to play his new position for Arsenal against Man City or more defensively. So when we go up against Man City, you're kind of asking the question, would Xhaka's role become a little bit more reserved? I think that naturally Arsenal would become more reserved because, of course, you're in a situation whereby a player is going up against a team that's got a lot more possession and therefore is on the back foot a lot more. So naturally your possession and style and role, if you like, changes. I still think that he would be expected to push up when Arsenal are in possession, especially if we play them at home. I think that those things would combine to see Arsenal be a lot more dominant still uh, and Xhaka would benefit from that but yeah he was he's kind of his new position if you like would um, be a little bit more on the back foot but I think that's more natural than it is tactically kind of directed if you like it's it's a lot more reactive uh, when you come up against a team that has a lot more possession like you look at his game against Leeds like he wasn't able to do what he usually does against uh, teams as he did against Leeds but he was still solid with what he did and he was still commanding and a leader on the field and that's the key imperative uh sorry the key integral qualities that we need from someone like Xhaka uh <clears throat> let's go to uh Misty Blue says can you join me in giving GGTV for you a very happy birthday of course I can happy birthday hope you have a fantastic day mate uh Steve says uh you what should we do with Xhaka are you suggesting we drop him I'm assuming that was in response to a comment that was left about Granite Xhaka earlier on in the chat, but it was the potentially I've missed that I can't now see. So anyone listening on catch up thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Tom? I can't find it. I'm sorry. Um, otherwise, I would have been able to comment on it. Eddie says, another Houdini masterclass last night. Any chance of the youngsters, pl uh, youngsters playing if we confirm our position at the top of the group or keep playing a strong squad? Firstly, absolutely. Holding was great. Really like the passes in behind Bukayo Saka on the right-hand side. He was really grateful for that. That clearly was something the club are working on. Tommy and Holding both playing a little chip ball in behind. If you remember, Spurs nearly got in behind us a couple of times doing that. Leeds also nearly got in behind us doing that. It is an effective tactic that can certainly work. Um, and so I think it's a good thing that we're doing that and trying to find Saka in behind more directly to give us a greater or rather more variable pathway to the forward line. In regards to the youngsters, I think if we win or draw against PSV and we've secured top spot, we absolutely should be playing plenty of kids in that game against Zurich. Edwards, Smith, Catalan Kurjan, Rule Waters. It's a great experience. It's a great experience. We don't want to necessarily lose that game. I know it doesn't matter if we lose, but it'd be nice if we could keep this unbeaten run going or even our winning run going. So I'm conscious of that. 
But yeah, I think absolutely we should be giving some more of the youngsters an opportunity to play that game. It's a great chance to play those youngsters. And I'd be disappointed if we didn't play some of those kids in that fixture. Um, let's go to James, who says, uh, when Tierney plays, he doesn't seem to play the same positions as Zinchenko and Tomiyasu have at left back. Uh, he seems to play a more traditional left back. Do you think this is why he's not getting the game time? Yeah, I actually had a little bit of a chat about this with a few people regarding Tierney. Uh, I was chatting to Simon Collins after the game about this, and Tierney is a lot more traditional. He has tried to play a bit more inverted. I remember writing a whole piece about how he played against Zurich, and he tried to play a lot more inside. He played a lot more traditional last night against PSV. That did come from us using the overlap and using the pass a lot more, and we did see uh, Xavi Simmons getting behind him because of that. There's, I, I like Tierney loads. I think he's a great left back. I think he can do great things for Arsenal. But I think Zinchenko is just on a different plane in terms of technical ability, in terms of what he brings to the team from a tactical side of things, how he integrates into the, the way which Arteta wants to play. And I think with Zinchenko on the field, we're a better team because of it. And I look forward to him coming back. So... It's great to have options. Tommy Asu is a little bit more of a destroyer in terms of a left back. And he's really good when you go up against teams with like a really strong inverted right winger. And I think that's key for me. That's the key one, at least. Um, let's go to Tim Aniru. says, Stevie G was sacked. What do we think about this? It did feel like a little bit of an inevitability. You know, if you like, I think it was only a matter of time until that happened. Um, it was always going to be that way for, for Stevie G. Um, he was going to lose his job the way that it was going. It's just funny, isn't it? Because like Aston Villa would at one point always thought that they were going to be on the coattails of Arsenal. They were looking at Arsenal as a team they thought they were going to be able to, you know, overtake and um, and really have not too much of an issue at all with with playing against and and trying to catch up and possibly even uh, get not move over them. And it's amazing how things have changed since then. So. Uh, it's a deserved sacking. They said that they're interested in signing Thomas Frank, potentially. That would be a bit of an intriguing move if they go and do that one, that's for sure. Uh, Chris says, I know uh, your opinion on Jonathan David had called, but he's doing well this year. So what do you think about potentially going for him? Uh, let's have a take uh, a quick look at how Jonathan David's been getting on at Lille. He didn't have the best of seasons last season. I'll be very honest, I've not really kept up with how he's been getting on this season. Nine goals in 11 games with two assists so far for Lille. I'm intrigued to see what kind of formation Lille have been playing. He's got three go he scored two goals in the game against Strasbourg. He plays as the central striker. Remy Cabela behind him. That's a flash from the past. Uh, Bamba and Unus either side of him. Look, he's a player that if he's willing to know that he's coming to Arsenal and he'll be behind Gabriel Jesus, then potentially it's an option. What I would say is that they will be very aware of the fact that he's doing very well and look for a very big fee if they do look to try and sell him. Let's have a quick check on uh, what his contract situation is. Let's see when that runs out because obviously that's important. Contract runs out in 2025. So he has two years left in the summer. Maybe that's something that Arsenal could exploit. Seeing Arsenal go for a striker, though, I, I'm still not sure whether I see that happening. I think a wide forward is a lot more likely at this stage. Uh, Dylan says, Gabriel Jesus making a great impact. Personally, for me, it's not scoring enough goals. Uh, he needs to score more. He needs to add more goals. Uh, he started the season off brilliantly. He had great chances to score yesterday. I'm not worried about him just yet. Uh, Ashwin says, Tom, if you had to buy two wingers out of Liao, Gakpo, Diaby, Neto, Pino and Mudrik, who would you go for? Uh, I'd go for Liao. 
Uh, and I'd go for uh, probably Gakpo uh, as well because of his versatility. Either that or Diaby. I think that Liao is probably the best of the bunch. An amazing player, fantastically talented, can play as a striker, can play as a left winger. Uh, to be fair, I mean, Liao kind of offers that striker option. So maybe not Gakpo, then and lean more towards a Mudrik. Uh, a lot of them are more left-sided. Pino and Neto are certainly right. Diaby can play both sides. But yeah, maybe Liao and Mudrik actually would be more intriguing for me to go for. Uh, let's go to uh, Jonathan who says, what kind of subtle yellow card should Jesus plan to get on Sunday? Counter-attack foul, throw in in confusion. We need to make sure he's available for Chelsea. Yeah, I've seen a lot of conversations taking place uh, about this. Of course, you've got to remember we've got that Brighton game in the Carabao Cup coming up as well. I feel like that could be a good game to take a yellow card against Chelsea so that you don't have to play in the Carabao Cup games. Then you've got them for all the Premier League games. If you're going to take a yellow, it does make sense, I suppose, to take it away to Southampton so that you're then not available for the game at home to Nottingham Forest, which you'd look as a more likely chance to win. It's our only home game before the World Cup now in the league. So I think there's still plenty more that we can see um, from like the tactically naughty side of the game from Arsenal. And maybe, maybe that's one of those things. We'll have to wait and see if that sounds, it certainly turns out to be the case. Anyway, um, our preview show for the Southampton game will be this evening at 6 PM. So do join us on the channel, set your alarm, set everything that you need to, to be able to join us. I'll also be live at 10 AM, just under an hour and a half time over on the Arsenal way to talk more about yesterday's game against PSV. Uh, links in the description for football prizes for NordVPN, And of course, for my conversation with Cody Gakpo after yesterday's game, go and check all of those out. Drop a like before you leave. Show that appreciation. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Had a quick check of the numbers. 67% of you are subscribed, which means that 33% of you aren't. So make sure you double check if you are indeed clicking that subscribe button as we edge ever closer to that fantastic 40,000 number. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic Friday. You've made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. I will see you this evening at 6 p.m. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.